Hi and welcome to another episode of Wine and Wisdom. I'm Thomas Lehuang and you're listening to the TL podcast where knowledge is shared and no one takes themselves too seriously. guys are you going yeah good mate oh wow it's showing off now showing off now i've got three four computers i get it all right rule number 12 jordan peterson's 12 rules of life stroke the pussy i mean stroke the cat pat the cat did you say a cat touch the cat pat the cat eat the dog yeah. what, what would he touch, say touch he the pussy. dog's okay too he said dog's okay too all right <laughs> So, so what, what, what did we get out of this chapter? Which is, by the way, the last chapter, right? So it's going to take a huge celebration. So, <laughs> um, so I don't fully understand. I really don't. I don't consider I, I, myself a stupid person, but I don't get it. What was, it was he trying to achieve? It was very ambiguous in what he was trying to get at. Like a lot of the book, a lot of the messages, you needed a freaking PhD to understand him. But, um, well, not... This one was a bit less like there was a bit more metaphor and a bit more story and a bit more like easy to understand in a in a language sense, but the meaning behind it is life shit, deal with it, but that's been the whole book. And there's no point being great because great at everything is boring. You don't want to be Superman because eventually they'll put you against Batman and beat you. I don't I think what he's trying to say with that, if life hasn't got challenges, life is boring. I think but that's the, what he's trying to say with that. If, yeah, life, if life is all easy, it's it life becomes boring. Um, so I feel like he's I, added a chapter for the sake of adding because he, he couldn't have eleven rules for life. I don't because <laughs> he didn't want to screw up our twelve. Like I, I don't month. know what whether it was a fitting end of the book. I don't think I don't know. I mean, I think in it and it, and we've got, taken it back to the Stoics quite a fair bit a lot of the time. The Stoics said it, you know, look at the beauty in front of you. Don't always focus on the negative. But the negative is what makes things interesting. Otherwise, life would be just too easy. Life would be boring. Um, we see it from people who are very, very rich that, that can just go get what they want. Often their kids fall into, you know, a drug abuse and so forth because their life and they're looking for that next time. They're looking for the next one. Every, you know... So if it's, it's a bit boring, things don't, aren't challenging, you look for that next time. But by the same token, if life is really challenging and it is, and he go, takes it back to his daughter having that terrible disease of um, uh, juvenile uh, arthritis, which is absolutely terrible, um, what an absolutely shocking thing to have, but you can see the beauty in her, her persistence and her fight and, you know, just being able to spend time and, and so forth. And he, and he says a couple of other stories there as well. But in general, I guess enjoy life. What's in front of you? I think she'd been to a couple of Thomas's doctors, mate. There was the one that told her a femur had died and it hadn't. And then there was a guy, the other guy was the same guy was going to amputate a foot. And all, all the other physio did was hold her ankle still for 40 minutes and that bone clicked into place. Yeah. Jesus Christ. There's a little bit of, um, I don't even know if you guys are aware, but there's a little bit of life imitating art here because he, Jordan Peterson, hasn't been in the public eye for almost two years now because he had a opioid addiction from painkillers um, after a surgery he had. 
and he's and it's it was oxycontin the same thing he talks about his daughter being on in the in the um book so it was almost a premonition for him as he was writing and he must have thought geez that those pills sound all right let's go because he hasn't been back since I, I find it interesting that the the last chapter is the chapter that is the most personal to him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I, I think that if if anything, he wanted to say a lot in this last chapter, you know, and 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 I think that the story of the cat, to so that people really understand it first, is how often do we take fifteen seconds to stop and think about things. And the story of the cat is that he's saying if, if a cat happens to cross your path, doesn't matter how busy you are in your head, how challenging it is, like as you're running your business and or as a salesperson, as you have a listing that you just lost or you're trying to get a sale, take that 15 seconds to just calm things down, look at life for what it is. And, and, and the introduction of the story about uh, his daughter and what she's gone through, mate, she's a freaking hero. It's really to say, you think you got it bad. This is what my daughter's got, right? And she's not complaining. She's getting on live. She's, she's married and all these things like this are happening. So, so what have you got? It's almost a kind of a chapter to really say, Take the time sometime to really enjoy what you have because it's a, the case of the man who was not happy because he had no shoes until he met a man with no feet. And, and I think it's the entire chapter. Yeah. Cool, we're done? Done. <laughs> but he started no, I, off, he, the start of the chapter, he, he was going down a path of, I thought he was going to talk about how we interact as a society because he was talking about we stick to our own groups and we're, we're social and antisocial at the same time. And people looking to the reason we stay in our group is because it might be a bit easier to climb the, the hierarchical ladder and etc. But then he sort of just drifted off into his kids having the issues they were having. Was there any, did you get any message out of the first few pages in a, in a social where he was talking about the groups? I, the the one I did when he went social, when he was talking about the doctors, I got that, you know what, because a professional is giving you their opinion, doesn't mean you have to take it. And it's okay to go and search something else. It's okay to go and find, so, so it's okay to question things. Um, so you don't have to accept your lot in life. It's okay to question things, but he brings it back. But it doesn't mean you can't be happy with what you've got. So it's okay to strive for more. So like we say to our staff members, you know what? We, we want you to succeed. We want you to be here. But be grateful now. Look at what you have now. But also question the status quo. Go and push a little bit harder. Go and find something else. Mm -hmm. Within the social aspect, I suppose he's talking about that within life in general, Cam. I'm not, I don't know. but We started off by saying, I've got to talk about dogs because if I don't talk about dogs, the dog people will get upset. Now the cat people are upset because I haven't spoken about cats. But I just if, if, if you if you really knew a little bit about Jordan Peterson, he's very controversial. Yeah, he he always uh, is such. He always pulled that kind of polarity, mainly because he's he's actually talking what he's thinking. And uh, if if you follow really his his life, there's there's a lot of controversial about him. There's people who think that he's sexist. There's people who think that 
is anti, uh, uh, what is lesbian. They, they, this, the cancel culture is really trying to have a go at him. He's spending a lot of time uh, trying to now come back to the middle. That's why he, he's okay with dogs. He's okay with cats. He's okay with anything for the moment, right? It's, uh, what, what I like is also the, the last bit, uh, uh, which is the pen of light that he's talking about. I, I thought that that chapter was very, very special. So it's so Coda, was, right? Yeah, that was the next chapter. That was the next chapter of Coda. Coda, yeah. Coda. That was the next chapter he yeah. was talking about. Yeah, yeah. that's Coda, yeah. I, I really like that. Um, how he's using that metaphor of that pen that, that is just there to help him write answers, you know? And, and the question he's asked is just phenomenal. It's probably, to me, the chapter that is the closest to the Stoics that we've just read. Yeah. It, it has all of these things that makes that demands that we question some of these things ourselves rather than wait for the world to give us on the platter. Yeah. Ken, did you take anything out of that social aspect that we're not seeing at all? Or No, I was just trying to work out whether I missed something because he sort of floated an idea and then never really wrapped it up, never tied yeah. it into anything. No, he just wanted to uh, introduce his daughter, mate. Yeah, but yeah, it was funny the way he did it, though. I was just like, that's why I was I left confused going over. over I mean, he had I must, eleven chapters before that. It was a funny how he did it. So I must have I must have missed something. No, but, no, no. Um, I, 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 I think I think that that's what he was trying to defend himself because of the the, the crap that he's getting online with people who spend time. Uh, saying to him against and for, I think he's taken the first few pages of this to say to them, listen, I get it, right? You guys want this, you guys want that, right? I'm not Superman. He <laughs> said, you don't have to put me down. You don't have to think I'm boring. I'm, I, have, I, I can change opinion. I can also change stuff. And if I change things about me, maybe maybe it'll get me interesting to you. There's a little bit of that in every chapter, wasn't it, where he was, I mean, he was, he's very against the left the cancel culture and the stuff that's going on the wokeness of life and we spoke a little bit about it on our live last week that you, you can't have a difference of opinion um yeah. you can't talk about a dog without being any cat and that's right. how bad that's how bad the world's gotten yeah oh, that's you, you, he's going with it. you, you think about it you think about it if he had not written in big bold afterwards and dogs okay too <laughs> go on Come on. Imagine that you write a title and right underneath that, you, you'll write the opposite. But that's a, isn't that a parody? Isn't that a disgusting indictment on where, we've, where we're at at the moment? Yeah. It's, um, yeah. Well, well, we can talk about that at nauseum. We're always negative about <laughs> that stuff. So I didn't read the magic pen bit. So that was the next chapter. So that was the next chapter. And he, and he sort of summarizes a lot of the other chapters. The magic pen bit was a very good way. He was looking at something so simple and he made it so deep and he made it so meaningful just by simply, um, his friend had a pen that when he wrote with it, a light would come out the end so he could write in the dark. And he's taken that on to sitting down and asking himself, writing down questions to himself. They're really, really hard questions. And he would have to write, write, write to fight. And then he would call his mate who gave him the pen to discuss the answers. It was, it was a, a good part of the book. 
was yeah. completely What do you think about his idea of if you you do have shit in your life of actually allocating some time to it each day, but only that time? And never at night. No, but what do you think of the actual idea? I mean, we've all got shit in our lives. I I prefer the method of we know it's there, who cares, move on. But I, I think you'd have saying to be actually dedicate. I think you'd have to be extremely disciplined to be able to do that. Uh, I mean, if you, if I had a daughter as sick as his daughter was, Touchwood, uh, I don't think I could allocate just one hour or two hours to, to focus on that and then move on for the rest of the day. I think in the back of my mind, it'll always be there. But he's saying, don't let it interrupt your thoughts for the rest of the day. I don't think I could do it. Uh, I think I don't have the discipline, the emotional discipline to be able to do it. Do we really have to acknowledge the shit that's going on in the world, though? Why do that you, to yourself? You know it's there. What happens. Well, you, no, but you know it's there. If it's stuff you can't change, he can't do. He can't change his daughter's rheumatoid arthritis, right? He can't. But we can do as much as we can. So for that, I suppose and what he's saying for that hour or two, if we work out what we can do, whatever's in our power, make the life more He's talking about people who. I wish I'd frame the question a bit better, but he's talking, he, he makes reference again to the Columbine killers and their, their letter was saying, you know, there is actually no point. It's bad for the earth to actually have us human beings on the planet. Yep. So we're going to exterminate as many as we can and then exterminate ourselves. And he talks about the dangers of having those thoughts, but then he still says, if, if you think the world is fucked, allow 20 minutes a day to acknowledge how fucked the world is. Like, well, I don't, why are we, why are we doing that? Is the world fucked? Uh, is, uh, are we meant for a lifetime full of suffering or can we just put that in the back pocket? Bad stuff's going to happen from time to time. There's always going to be shit in the world, but I, I don't know why we need to give it so much. Why do we have to give so much thought to how fucked the world is and what benefit can come from that? But I, I think what he's trying to do is find a solution in there. If, if, if the world's fucked, can I make it better? Um, and then he, I suppose what he's getting is if those people are thinking that, they're only doing it for an hour or two, not the whole day, and then stewing and then making the problem bigger than it actually is. And they're on a solution mindset rather than, a, a, you know, making it, blowing it up. How much time a day do you spend thinking that the world's fucked, Thomas? I don't really. Oh, no, no. Look. No, no, I, I do. I, I, I do. I do read some of, some of the stuff or I do talk to someone, but... I don't really make it part of my routine. Ah, that's and that's what he's talking about doing, isn't it? Making it and you're you know you're massive on the routines as we all probably should be. So he's saying make part of your routine, acknowledging how fuck the world is. I just don't. I don't agree. I don't know. No, I, I make it part of my routine to know how, how much my world is fucked, so so that I can really think about it and do something about it. But that's the extent. <laughs> You don't sit there and look at the exits, the existential threat that is us human beings to each other and to the planet. And oh my God, we're all going to die, and it's the end of the world, and how horrible. Everyone, everyone's at different level, you know. I think he's obviously at, at a much higher level where he can now think of the universal consciousness. He does not need to really focus on that individual consciousness, and I think it, it's a bigger way of thinking. Um, I'm sure that when we get to a level where we have no more worries, that's probably what we do. Because I think the, the human mind is built for looking for problems and dealing with. Anyway, guys, end <laughs> of chapter 12.
I am so happy we have read Jordan Peterson's. Jordan Peterson's is is my hero because it, for for a man to write those kind of pages and and still articulate, he's very articulate by the way. It, it's just crazy because I I couldn't put that together. I was gonna really recommend that we read some some other books like Sapiens, but I'm not sure we're gonna read Sapiens after this. I think we might just need something like. I don't know, a Superman kind of yeah. cartoon kind of. Uh, cat in a hat. I vote for cat in a hat. <laughs> oh, you can't read. You can't read. We can't do Dr. Zeus, mate. He's been cancelled. He's a racist homophobe too. We should talk about should talk about the differences about those books and what's going on there. Actually, I think that we're coming. Tom a bit Sawyer, of a you're not allowed to do Tom Sawyer anymore. That was that's. Been All right, so let's go. Let's close on this book here. What What's the one? Let's say the one lesson that you got out of this book. We're very silent. Maybe. Oh uh, well, I think we all got the same idea, which is don't recommend the book. But did we? Did it change don't, anyone's? Um, don't Don't talk to your kids while they're patting a cat skateboard. Um, <laughs> <laughs> something like that I think it's <laughs> I can say this I don't recommend it to anyone who's just starting out on their journey of uh, one reading or two personal development I don't think it's a good starting point for either no you will if that's the first book you pick up you'll never pick up another book ever again I would suggest um, I didn't look it didn't maybe I'm just Superman but it didn't have any earth shattering ideas for me it didn't it definitely wasn't stuff that we hadn't come across before. It wasn't maybe maybe the lobster bit because now every time I eat a lobster, I'm going to be thinking, <laughs> did he win or did he lose? Did he lose? <laughs> yeah, <it was. laughs> but he's on your plate. He lost. It's simple. <laughs> what about you guys? Tio, uh, I, I I thought that the book was a very different kind of flavor to a Stoics. Uh, I I thought that as you went through the chapters. He's constantly really trying to say to you, the world is what it is. We have to try and make it a better place and we have to try and find better ways to handle what is. And, and I thought that, you know, really when you look at the, uh, the Stoic, which is very clear, this here was a very different way of weaving it. So I, I, I actually didn't mind it, I, I, but I agree with you. I don't think that it is a book for first timers if you want to read about the stoics that's not the book to pick and if you want to read and if you're going to actually open this book and read the rules and go oh that those are nice rules i, I want to read this you're going to get lost to read this book open it up anywhere read just two pages and then make a decision yeah. <laughs> read the title and then read the last paragraph of each chapter how about you chris what did you get uh, a lot of bits and pieces, a little bits and pieces, but I, I, very similar to what you said before, Thomas. I think it's a very technical way of putting the Stoics' words in in a different context. Um, I liked the stories, I liked the parables that he said within the, the you know the chapters, but he went a long way about to get to a point. Um, and I think again, the big thing, I, and it's almost the same thing I took out of the Stoics was if it's going to be, it's up to us. It's up to us to improve where we are. And don't look externally. It's all an internal game. 
uh, control the environment around you, control our thoughts, control our emotions and so forth and so forth. Yeah, but you can't really use this book as a self-help because he's saying all these things, but he's not telling you how to do it, right? He's saying, yeah. I mean, I can also say to you, if you want to play basketball, you make sure you're taller. Yeah, well, what do I do to get taller? I mean, you know, it's, if it's tell me, you know, it, it, it's okay to say, you know, if you want a good marriage, uh, and actually, no, he doesn't say, he, he says it's good to have arguments. Uh, but how, how do you mend it? Because if a guy goes and just have arguments and, and, and confrontation and conflict with his wife, how do we fix this up? So I think this is not a how-to kind of book. Uh, this is more a, he is what living is about. He it's is what being is about. Yeah? Yes. So does it... Yeah. How the fuck did this book get so popular? Because clearly, most, clearly not by anyone who read it, right? Listen, so. I reckon the, the, the very good question you ask, and here's my answer, and you guys can have your own. I reckon Jordan had a very good guy who concentrated most of his time on the table of content. Yeah, and, 100%. <laughs> And what he did is he, he focused on the table of contents and put it in such a way. And he's thinking, just write a table of contents so that kids from the year from year three can actually read this, right? And everyone's going into the bookstore and go, oh, 12 rules of life. Oh, gee, okay, I, I want to live better. They open it and they're going, oh, man, I, I like this. Hey, the headache is afterwards, man. Go on, mate. God, I, um, I, I remember when it first came out, like this is the first time I've picked it up, but it's been out for 12 months or more now, 18 months maybe. And yeah. when it first came out, my Instagram stories were full of people who've just got, and I, I sit there now having actually read it going, there's no way you fuckers have read this book. There is yeah. no way. A, I'll tell you what happened. There's no he way. You would have got, wouldn't have got past the first page, mate. Would not have got past <laughs> the first page. The fact that you're putting it on your Instagram story sort of proves that you haven't read the book. <laughs> so you got to find TL. You're in the middle of writing a book, mate. You got to find his marketeer and a good That's title. It. All you need is a good title, mate. And because uh, he's he's sold however many millions of copies of this book that no one clearly no one's read. Um, he had when when it, the book came out, and because I did I did a bit of YouTube watching I watching him the things that he's done and spoken about. He did a lot of guest appearances on morning shows and all this sort of thing against people, against feminists and so forth. It created, so his publicist created a lot of controversy around the book. And so he was on there sharing his points of view and so forth with other people coming in. And so those interviews were quite controversial and that was about promoting his book. Yeah. So it was a very good way about doing it, creating controversy. Everyone going, what's this book? Everyone out and bought it. It could be yeah. possibly the most popular unread book of all time. <laughs> well, listen, uh, I got so excited about the title and everything. I, I actually bought myself another book of uh, Jordan Peterson. Oh. So I, I don't know whether that's uh, going to be something I will attack. It's called Beyond Order. Um, Why would you do that to yourself? It's your Christmas present now, Ken. <laughs> <laughs> So no, no, hang on. Let's back the truck up. You've read this book, Twelve Rules for Life, and you've thought, you know what I need more in my life of? Jordan Peterson's Jordan writing. Peterson. Is that what's actually happened to you? Are you okay? <laughs> <laughs> 
I know no. lockdown's been tough on people, mate. Are you okay? <laughs> anyway, great book. Not called great book. What's your score out of 10? Mate, I'll give it a six. Oh, six is on the bad side. I, I, I'm going a four. Wow. Okay. Well, I so think it was poorly written. Uh, you use a lot of big words, but poorly like hard, hard to un. It wasn't a, an enjoyable read, even if you didn't get anything out of the points. It, you, you sat there half the time going, "Where am I?" Like, and that's not from an author's point of view. You can't have that. And then you, there was a lot of uh, problems raised with no solutions. Like TL said, I just, I don't know. I don't rate it at all. Right. Fair enough. Well, you give it. Well, let, let me go in between the fence. I go five then, huh? so that we have three, four, five, six in it. So. <laughs> None of it's good. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, guys. We'll talk, um, we, we'll talk later about the next book. <laughs> yeah. Bye. Bye.